be seated. Thank you guys for coming tonight. It's uh, always a great opportunity when we can come together and, and do these types of things. We can gather together and hear the word of God and just encourage one another. And so, and in spite of the weather, and for those who are, not, who are watching, we thank you for watching tonight with us. We welcome you. You're a part of this, and we're, we're all here for the same purpose. We want to grow in the things of God. We want to receive these things, and God can help us. He's certainly very liberal in his giving of wisdom, right, as we learned last week. And we also learned that we have the opportunity every day to make a choice, a very important choice, whether we want to rely on our own wisdom that God has given us, right, naturally, or do we want to trust God in his wisdom to see what he can do? And so the study tonight is, in, is coming with that encouragement to give us a little more background in this thing called wisdom, the wisdom of God. And we have access to that through what Jesus did, right? And not only does he want, you know, we know that he fills us with his spirit. It fills us with love and the peace, but he also wants to fill us with wisdom. And if you recall in the book of Acts, when they were choosing those who would serve the tables, the requirements were that they were filled with wisdom and the Holy Ghost, right? And so we, God wants to give us that wisdom because we need it. That's what helps us put things together in our mind and sees things from God's perspective. And that's amazing, Right, so we're going to learn a little bit more about that tonight. So did you guys get a chance this week to learn a little bit about lady wisdom? From Psalms, or Proverbs 31. Amen. And that description, as we read it, describes attributes of wisdom. And yes, in the context of a wise woman, but gentlemen, they apply to us today too. We can receive those things as well. And we need those things. And frankly, as we navigate through our lives and we look around and we see everything that's going on, how could we possibly navigate on our own wisdom without running aground, per se, a reference to a ship, right? And, but when we choose to let God navigate us, we choose to look to his word, we realize that, wow, God is amazing. He's given us great tools and a great opportunity to look into his word and to embrace what God wants to put into our lives. So the, the theme tonight or the study is really titled, I will put God's wisdom into action through obedience to his word. And the world, though, we have many books in the world that talk about wisdom and self-help books, things like that. And I'm, I'm sure we've read a few that are really good and we've gained some insight. But ultimately, if it's not based in the word of God, we're really just extrapolating the wisdom of a man or a woman who have learned great things, and there are wise people in this world, and uh, we, we learn, uh, we get pieces of that wisdom uh, heard throughout all aspects of society, even our classrooms, but the truth is the Bible is the one book that has the breadth and the depth of wisdom we truly need to navigate the life and the life that he has for us to come, amen? amen. It's the only book that really can go into those depths. Because at some point, the wisdom of man is just limited. It runs out, right? And it can only get us so far. And, but it's the word of God that can really go see past that and push back those, past those things in our lives that help us to get to that next level, to rise above what this world, uh, the world that we exist in today, and see things from a clearer perspective. 
ultimately God's perspective. We should not allow the greatest book of wisdom simply to lie on a shelf somewhere. But I know people here, we're in a place that people love the word of God, right? And I want to, if I could, put a little plug in too for the discipleship classes, which I very much appreciate pastor taking the time to sit down with us and just learn and kind of like a Q&A type of thing, because often, you know, we're sitting and we're hearing messages, you know, from him, but in a less formal setting, such as in the fellowship hall where we can learn from our pastor, we can ask a lot of these questions that come up, and I really have gotten so much out of those, and as well as other tools we have at our disposal from the Word of God, and many of you are doing that this year. You're, you're, uh, you've embarked on the bread program, and how many of are enjoying that, and that bread is basically reading the Bible every day and getting something out of it, so at the end of the year, we have, we'll have read the entire Bible from cover to cover, and I think that's an awesome goal, to do that every year, and um, something that I've recently tried and I'm doing now um, that was mentioned to me that I believe Pastor does, and other, other brothers like Brother George had mentioned when he was here, is reading the New Testament in a month. I've never read the New Testament in a whole month, but I've started that because I feel like there's so much there, and obviously the, old, the entire Bible, but my goal is to read the New Testament every month and then read the Old Testament at least once a year, and I think that's been tremendous for me, and it's been making a huge difference for me, so I want to encourage you guys to keep digging in the Word of God because there's so much there for us, and it's God who opens our understanding. And so before I read, before I study, I always ask God to help me understand his word, to receive what he has for me. We know that there's the, we mentioned this last week, there's the revealed word of God, right? The logos of the word, right? And there's also the rima of the word, which is a very specific thing that God will use based on his already revealed word to us, to speak to us directly. And we can get that as we study from his word. We get that from the pulpit all the time. That when I know when I'm sitting there, I'm receiving these things. It just goes right to the heart of something I'm dealing with in my life that I need. And that's God. That's all God. Feeding you and I, giving us what we need to endure, to progress in this life, to grow in the things of God, and ultimately to have the mind of Christ. Because the mind of the world is cer certainly not where we want to stay, but God wants to give us his mind, the way he thinks in terms of his thoughts, and we get that from the wisdom of God. Amen? So we, can't, we, we have the, these tools at our disposal, and I will also add things like Ministry Central. I know some of you guys are doing that, and there's just a wealth of, of teaching from there, from our apostolic brothers and sisters who are in the business of teaching, and they're there to share with you and I all aspects of ministry, whether you're dealing with youth or children, or you're doing North American missions, or you're, you're just home missions, home Bible studies, anything we, you can think of ministry-wise, it's there. And so I want to encourage you guys to take advantage of these things. And frankly, we're learning, we're getting a college education because many of them teach at our colleges like Urshan and things like that. So I've, I've recently uh, realized that as well. So amen, but going, we should pick it up, really brush it off, and stay fresh in the Word of God and make it a priority in our lives in Jesus' name. So um, to Paul, his instruction to Timothy, which I found just amazing, is he's writing to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse 14, he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, 
and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Amen. So there's the instruction that we get. We gain wisdom through the scripture because it's been inspired by God. And that's how I look at it. This is this is how God has revealed himself to you and I through his word. And we have it available to us. And and all the things that God has made in this dispensation dispensation to us are they come in abundance. His grace, his word, his spirit are abundantly available to you and I. We have access these, to these tools no matter where we're starting out in life. No matter where, if we've grown up in this, amen, but some of us hadn't, didn't grow up in this. But God can take that and he can work with it. He can, he can take a, a Peter and make him a fisher of men and he can take a zealous, knowledgeable uh, person like Saul and, and basically bring him to the same mission, doing the same thing. Right, reaching souls with the same gospel. So Jesus Christ is a saint, is really the great equalizer of humanity, and ultimately, it, 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 he extends that invitation to everybody, every one of us, to get to know him through his word. And I believe, as we read, we started out in Psalms 19, and as you read in Psalms, we find a lot of wisdom there, and we we realize that the writer of Psalms really had that relationship with God. You know, and he's exalting and he's expressing it by saying how much the word of God means to him, how important, how vital it is to him. So I would go as we can we can definitely say that we can have a relationship with God by having a relationship with the word of God. What does it mean to us? How much time are we willing to spend? I was talking to some gentlemen today and just saying, hey, when you sit down to read your Bible, just imagine Jesus is sitting there across the table from you. You're communing with him. When you read that word, you're talking to him. You're receiving from him. And I asked him, if, you, if Jesus was physically in front of you right now, knowing that he could do anything for you, what would you ask him? What would you ask him? And we got to talk about really what matters to God is our soul salvation. And, and we all agreed at the table there that we've, we, we had prayed to God for many things that just were, were silly, really, in our past, right? But that's how we are, and God understands. But when we open the word of God, we can start seeing the things that God wants us to pray for, right? We learned a little bit about Solomon last week and how he, God honored something that he asked for. There are certain things that please God that we pray for. And, and not only that, but because God was pleased with the fact that Solomon asked for wisdom to lead the people of God, to have judgment and discernment for the benefit of the people of God, God gave him everything he didn't ask for. Isn't that awesome? When, in the, so that's what the wisdom of God will do. It'll help us to have that right thinking, the right priorities in our life, what we value the most. And that's what we need from the word of God. In the name of Jesus, he helps us with that. Thank you, Father. And that um, my faith in Jesus really is displayed through my actions. And we see that that is a theme throughout the word of God. And ultimately, that is how wisdom is expressed, right? James, the, the, the writer of James, chapter one, speaks of doing the, the word of God and not hearing only. 
right? He also speaks of the wisdom that comes from above, right? And I believe that as we express the word of God through our lives, as we, as we allow the word of God to work through us and we start doing these things that the scriptures say, the instruction, the reproof, where we start receiving the correction in our lives from the word of God, that God can start growing that wisdom in us in the name of Jesus. And that's awesome. Even when we repent, even though we've repented, we're, we've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, right? And we've received the Holy Ghost. There's still work to do. We know that. We know that God doesn't just leave us there and um, say, you're, you know, and just send us off and to do whatever in this life. But that's the beginning. And we've experienced that, that. But we also realize that we need to be equipped with the things of God. There's no way we can be able ministers without the help of God. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And uh, as you read through some of your, I know as I read through my devotional this week, there was a reference made, and uh, I've heard it before, and, uh, but I thought it was worth mentioning. But have you ever heard the phrase, the secular phrase, I will add, all hat and no cattle? You've probably heard that, right? Well, we, we learned, I learned through the devotional this week that I guess that comes from Texas. Um, they, they created that phrase. But essentially, it's just something that refers to an individual that may just have all the right words, but not necessarily the lifestyle to back it up. And, and, but if we apply that biblically, we can learn something from that. We can learn that, wow, I can't just be someone who is, is a professing believer, but my life should reflect the things of God. My life should be a reflection of the transformation and the grace that God has extended to me. And as we realize, and I believe this goes hand in hand, that the forgiveness that God extends to us, we realize that that really is a, uh, is, creates a love inside of us, a love for God. We start loving God based on the amount of forgiveness we realize that he has extended to us in the name of Jesus. And we read that. We read about that actually in Luke chapter 7 as, as we read the woman who came into the house and she was weeping and she had the oil and she was anointing Jesus. And then the Pharisee was just thinking in as himself, you know, that this woman's a sinner. If you knew she was a sinner, you wouldn't let her do that. But Jesus went on to explain to him that, no, she's doing this because she knows where she came from. She knows how much she has been forgiven. And she is expressing what comes naturally, the love of God, her appreciation for that forgiveness. So that's the wisdom of God, too, in us. As we come to God, we realize, wow, if I start doing these things, then I also can realize what I have. I can embrace what is in front of me, what God has presented to me. And that comes through the wisdom of God. And as I was studying this out this week, I realized that there, the, 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 the kind of tricky thing with our earthly wisdom is when we're embracing just that, the things of the world, they seem logical. They make sense. This a way of society just does. And I recognized that, wow, they, one of the examples that came to my mind was the, the Daniel and the Hebrew children in the midst of Babylon. And we're all familiar with that story. And there were many, many other Jewish people in Babylon. They were exiled into Babylon. But for some reason, God chose to highlight these four. Why? Because they were different. They chose 
to maintain and embrace the wisdom of God in the midst of a society whose earthly wisdom said, hey, it's okay to do these other things that this Babylonian pagan nation is doing. And whatever that encompassed, to include such thing as idol worship and probably a whole slew of other things, right? They found themselves in the midst of a world that was unlike theirs. It would have been so easy to say, well, everyone else is doing it. This is the mainline thinking, right? I won't stand out if I just go with the flow. But these four individuals stood out. And that's the wisdom of God. And that's the, that's the cruciality, if that's a word, of choosing the wisdom of God over our own wisdom is because we're not going to see the things, see it the way God sees it if we're not choosing God's wisdom. And it's all too easy, and we can all attest to this, I know I can, to just say, well, everyone else is doing it. You know, this seems right, right? The, the laws have changed, so I guess it's okay now. But we know we serve a God who never changes, amen? A God who stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God says uh, in, in the Old Testament, in Psalms, I believe, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Uh, and God's word we know is settled in heaven. It's not changing. So it doesn't matter what the society says. It doesn't matter what the culture is doing. It doesn't matter what the current of the world is going, that current going. We can still swim against it. And we can, but if, we, if we're not careful and if we start, uh, if we don't spend the time that we need in the word of God, it's easy to succumb to these things. And I don't know if ever, anyone has ever in this room been in a uh, rip current before, but if you have, you understand there's really nothing you can do to get out of it. I don't care if you're an Olympic swimmer. You, if you get caught up in a rip current, and I have in the ocean, you just get swept out. And, but the, but the, once you realize that um, all I got to do is actually swim parallel to the shore or perpendicular to the current, you soon realize that's, that's how you get out of it. But there's nothing you can do once you're in it to, to, to swim against it to get back to current. And that's kind of like the world that we live in. We can get caught up in these type of rip currents in the world and kind of get swept out to see and to the sea of the world because we're just leaning on ourselves, our only wisdom, or the wisdom of the world. It sounds right. So, but the word, the word of God will keep us grounded. And that's important for the church. The church absolutely needs to be grounded in the word of God. The things coming, the things that are happening, we absolutely need God's word for our anchor to stay settled and steadfast and unmovable. And God will keep us. God can keep us. So we talked about Daniel, and I've, I'll mention their names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those were the Hebrew children, if you were to read about them in the book of Daniel. But the wisdom of God says, we are laborers together with God. Isn't that awesome? We are laborers together with God. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. That's the wisdom of God. Right? And I understand in the, in the, in the general world of, of the church or Christian world may not have that view, right? Because the, the earthly wisdom says it's okay to basically leave God here and then go out there and live your life. But God says, oh, I want to labor together with you. 
I want to, I want to abide in you, and we, together we can go and we can reach people. We can minister, and we see that very thing played out in our Bibles in the book of Acts. In matter of fact, in the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 20, the last verse of the, the gospel of Mark, it says this, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. And if you look up that word working, it implies a sinner. It, I believe the word is synergeo is the, the work, Greek word for that. And it means to be a fellow worker to cooperate and work together. And that implies us in that, that, that synergeo is where we get the word synergy from. And we're probably familiar with that to some degree. And it really implies two things working together that can do more together than they could on their own. And God wants to do that in us. He wants to work with us. And we can pray like that. Lord, what can we do today? Who can we reach today in the name of Jesus? Who can we pray with today? Who can I, who's a hungry soul for that's searching today that we can talk with, Lord, and minister to? And that's the relationship we find in our New Testament. That's the wisdom of God. We see that, that God wants to work with us and through us. In the name of Jesus, and he has done everything to empower you and I to do that, to transform us, to take us from fishers of men to be fishers of men, right? Labors together with God in the name of Jesus. The outward man, the wisdom of God says this, the outward man slash and the outward woman really takes a back seat to the inward man and the inward woman. Amen. When we're talking things like holiness, right? And that's the understanding that the wisdom of God can give us, that we value the God that's inside of us and what he's doing. And therefore, the outward appearance, really, really, that we embrace are the things that honor God, right? Modesty in our appearance, things that the scriptures do describe as covering. We embrace these things, and we put the outward man in the back seat. The Bible says that though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. And I believe that's the process of letting the wisdom of God work as we attend and meditate in the word of God, as we partake and commune with God in his word. God can renew that. He can make that inward man stronger and more wise. And, and ultimately, we become transformed individuals. And that's what I see happening in our Bibles as I read it, as I read the book of Acts, as I read the letters from the, the, the apostles. I see a transformation that's happened amongst the churches, and in, but that started inwardly and is then reflected outwardly in the name of Jesus. So the wisdom of God is also not ignorant of the spiritual war that we're a part of. God knows what's going on. He understands in every generation, in every dispensation, in every country and culture, right, that what we're up against, right? But we noticed that when Jesus encountered people like the demoniac we were learning about recently, he wasn't ever afraid of a person who had a demon. He just told the demon to leave. He took authority in the name of Jesus. And I say that because we know there's a lot of spiritual battles going on in our world, in our society, in Gillette, Wyoming. We know that. We don't have to fear these things because we have God on our side. At the same time, 
Jesus will teach us how to pray against these things, how to keep ourselves, right, from these things. And I know Pastor recently shared about all these different spirits, right? We have familiar spirits, evil spirits, unclean spirits that are out there, right, working against us. But we also have ministering spirits that God sends to help us, right, to fight. So we don't have to fear. We just have to stand our ground in God. And I believe that the more we... Uh, allow God to keep us, and the more we embrace the wisdom of God and the things of God, that is what builds us up to be strong spiritually. That, man, when these, these things just, they're going to flee in the name of Jesus, right? And we don't exalt ourselves, we just lift up God, because again, we are laborers together with him. He wants to labor with us in that regard, in the name of Jesus. So the wisdom of God allows us not to be ignorant of the spiritual warfare and matter of fact the word of god says this in first peter 5 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world amen so we have the bible says an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and you and I just need to be sober and be vigilant. And to me, the only way I can do that individually is continuing to stay in the word of God, seeking God for his wisdom. And I, I pray, too, because I pray because I get this from the book of Psalms a lot. But to God, to, to open my eyes to the pitfalls, to the traps and the snares of the enemy. We know that stuff's going on all the time. And God will answer those prayers. He will keep us from that. There's a lot of things we can't see that are happening that are working against us. But in the name of Jesus, we have victory. We can have victory over those things. And we can walk in confidence, knowing that, hey, I'm, I'm laboring together with God. We're going to reach someone today. We're going to see a victory for Jesus because it's all about Jesus and it's not about my life anymore. In the name of Jesus. The wisdom of God says this. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That God gave us a plan of salvation, right? He wants to save us. He has given us his plan of salvation. And it may not make sense to the wisdom of the world that God made it this simple, but he did, right? And we, we might encounter some Naamans in our, as we share this message, right? Some Naamans and who, who thought it was, Naaman in the Old Testament thought it was very silly that the prophet told him to dip himself in the river Jordan to be cleansed of his leprosy. And guess what? When he obeyed the word of God, he was cleansed. Well, God says in the New Testament, if we want to be born again, we have to be born of the water and of the spirit to enter into that kingdom in the name of Jesus. And, and I know we embrace that here, and I love that, because I love that the, this truth stands, withstands the test of time. It has, the word of God has withstood generation after generation. It's withstood cultures trying to get rid of it in, in times in, our, in our, our, our history of life where people have tried to, tried to keep it from other people. But the word of God always prevails. It always prevails. And, and so will we if we rely on it, if we rely on the word of God for our lives in the name of Jesus. So how many people are here are encouraged about the word of God if you're encouraged with me tonight, can we stand in the name of Jesus? If you desire more of God's wisdom to be part of your everyday life, 
Will you join me in claiming the words of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippian church as he denounced his own worldly wisdom, that he, that he could embrace the wisdom of Jesus Christ as he wrote, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Amen. Yes. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your yes. infallible word that has endured time, Lord Jesus. Your word that cleanses us and sanctifies us, God, sets us apart from this world, Lord Jesus. Lord, may we embrace the, the, the doctrines that are found in your word. May we live by your word every day. Lord, may we look forward to spending time in your word today. Lord Jesus, we set aside our own, our own wisdom, Lord, of the world, Lord. We embrace the wisdom of Jesus Christ found in your word. We know your scriptures can make us wise. We can make wise the simple. Lord, we embrace them tonight that we may be wise unto salvation, that we may walk in, in wisdom towards those who are without. In the name of Jesus, being examples, Lord co-laboring together with you, Lord, winning souls, being about your business, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We praise you tonight. I ask you to bless each and every soul here tonight. Give them strength, understanding, and wisdom, Lord, in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, Christ, we praise you and we thank you, and we say amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.